Welcome to No Safe For You, a podcast where I gather my thoughts about tabletop RPGs. My name's Cody. Enjoy the show. Turgeon, remembering this conversation, descended into his study. A long low hall with stone walls and a stone floor deadened by a thick russet rug. The tomes which held Turgeon's sorcery lay on a long table of black steel or were thrust helter-skelter into shelves. These were volumes compiled by many wizards of the past, untidy folios collected by the sage, leather-bound librams setting forth the syllables of a hundred powerful spells, so cogent that Turgeon's brain can know but four at a time. Alright, I guess I'm back on the air for another episode. It's been a while, I know. Um, I don't really know what I want to talk about tonight. I, so I guess what I struggle with um, with this podcast is like trying to figure out what the hell I want to do with it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, most of the time I just ramble about random stuff, so I'll probably just keep doing that. But um, I guess what I'm saying is I want to try and find a direction for this show um, to take, so... Yeah, anyway, um, that was a reading from The Dying Earth um, in a chapter called Turgeon of Mir. I have the the omnibus edition of The Dying Earth, so it's like all four of the the stories uh, in one binding. And uh, in my copy, Turgeon of Mir is the first story in The Dying Earth. Uh, I know in some editions, it's like, I think, the second. Um. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading recently. Um, I have at work I read on my breaks, and then during work I put a headphone in and listen to audiobooks. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can talk about books for a bit. Um, I've read Ender's Game and Speaker for the Dead this year. Um, I've read Ender's Game before. This time around, I think I got a little more out of it. Um, I really liked it, but Speaker for the Dead was like way better, in my opinion. A much more compelling story. I think the development of the characters was really well. Um, I think the descriptions they used for the alien planet and uh, the culture was really interesting. And I thought it was cool that the satellite, like the human settlers of the planet, were not just like normal white people. You know, they were, they had a, come from an interesting culture, interesting um, people with their own set of problems. And there was like a religious element. There was um, a scientific element. Those kind of clash. Yeah, it was really good. I thought it was great. Um, I also read um, Secondhand Curses by Drew Hayes. This is like a, if you take like the Disney fairy tales. And then put like a kind of like fey twist or like an evil twist on them. It's what you get. And it's pretty good. Um, it's like a modern book. So, of course, it's like influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. And you can tell pretty clearly. Um, it follows the this group of adventurers who are like fairy. They're basically mercenaries, but they specialize in dealing with problems related to fairies and you know like the fairy godmother and her minions uh which is pretty cool um 
it, each of the chapters in that book is kind of like a short story self-contained um as you progress in the book the stories start to link together but the first couple of chapters are really good because they are just these short stories so you can pick up the book and read one or two chapters and then put it away and when you come back to it it's not like you missed anything or have to remember uh, pretty cool cast of characters there's um jack from you know the nursery jack be nimble jack be quick jack and the beanstalk that jack um there's like a werewolf or shifter type character um there's also frankenstein's monster is one of the adventurers that's pretty cool um and they all kind of work together they all have and as this you know the stories progress you learn about each of these characters and the author takes time to write like a chapter about each of them basically um so yeah that's pretty cool um it's a little i don't want to say gimmicky but you know there's a little bit of it's like tongue-in-cheek it's not doesn't take itself too seriously which i liked um i reread dune uh, i listened to the audiobook for that one this time um that was pretty good uh, it, that audiobook is really really well done the audible version it's like fully voice cat voice uh yeah cast voice cast yeah there's like a full cast for the voice actors uh, which is nice um yeah i just finished that today and then I also read uh, Three Bladed Doom by Robert E. Howard. This is uh, one of those rare Robert E. Howard non-Conan, non-fantasy books. It's set in uh, like post-war um, Afghanistan. So it's pretty cool. It's a bit of um, kind of like Dune. It's a bit of like White Messiah. The character in, in, in this book is not a messiah, but he is like a, a Gary Stew, right? So he's like has a solution to, to every problem, and it's totally like which it's basically Conan if Conan was in the real world. This guy's like an American um, veteran who has, you know, he spent time in the desert during the war. So he understands how everything works. Um, I did like the book, the story is cool. They, um, the factions that he uses in the story are really well done and like imminently gameable. I would steal those factions and put them into my game in a heartbeat. Um, some of the monsters he uses are pretty cool. Um, there's not really any like, there, there's no supernatural element. Um, it, it's all, you know, quote, ground in reality. Um, but yeah, there's a cool fight scene against, like, Gorilla. It's got all, like, the, the classic, like, sword and sorcery tropes, right? The guy fights a gorilla with a sword. Um, you know, there's lots of traps and hidden passages and a dungeon. And... Yeah, it's cool. Um, I liked that there wasn't a damsel in distress element. There was a little bit, but it wasn't as, like, profound as what you get with, like, Conan. Uh, you know, this guy is not running around trying to, like, rape the women that he, you know, that he wins, right? Um, he, he saves saves a girl, but it's not why he goes on his quest. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I would recommend it. It's a nice, you know, it's like Conan light, so you don't get all of the um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, it's Conan light. <laughs> if you want something in like the modern quote modern era, it's like uh, pretty good. I think I think it was like yeah. I don't think there was ever a date in the book. Uh, 
post-war, I don't know, 1940s, 1930s, something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into like detail about each of these books, like uh, like some other you know book-related podcasts do. But um, yeah, that's just what I've been reading, and currently I'm reading the Dying Earth collection. I've finished the first five chapters of the first book, the Dying Earth. So I think there's just the one left, uh, and then I'll move on to the Kudril saga, probably. I don't know, I might put that down and read something else a little light uh, that I've already read before, just to kind of take a break. Uh, I don't think... I don't know, I hear people talk about the language Jack Vance uses. I don't find it difficult to read, but it is pretty dense. Like, all of the ideas and like the setting and his the way he is very descriptive it's very floral that way like his language but it's not hard to read it's just uh you know it takes a lot of mind power because you're if you're imagining everything i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but yeah that's what i'm reading right now what are you reading if you're reading something uh why don't you let me know and we'll talk about it yeah i guess uh we could talk about weather that's you always talk about weather with people right that's what you're supposed to do um it, i don't know about the rest of you guys but it's been pretty hot where i'm at uh i live in southern california and it's been you know upper 80s lower 90s and i know you know like for the rest of the country that's like pretty temperate uh, but out here people are dying because it's above 75 degrees so um, and as usual, uh, I try and think about things related to games that happen in real life. So I was looking over like my weather tables, and I don't have a good one. I've got an all right one that I use for my hex crawls. It's like a 2D6 table, and it generates like weather changes. But I was looking over it again and just look, thinking about how I can improve it. And I realized that the table I have doesn't have any... Um, does it give any details about like what should happen when the weather changes, right? So if it starts storming outside, like uh, yesterday morning here in where I live, there was thunderstorms, but no rain. Very little rain, right? Sprinkled for like a few seconds, but really big thunderclaps setting off car alarms and stuff at like, you know, three in the morning, of course. So it woke me up. I started thinking about it. Um, so in your games, when the weather changes, what happens? Um, you know, if it's raining out, if you get a lot of heavy rain, suddenly it's darker outside, so visibility is reduced because it's not as bright. It's also a lot of rain will impede your vision, make it harder to see, obviously harder to hear, because the rain is disrupting a lot of, you know, covering a lot of sounds. Um, it would probably impact, like, missile flight. Um, I don't actually know, but I don't, I guess I don't really care, but I think Probably it would impact missile flight, right? If you shoot like an arrow over long distances, the rain, the wind, that kind of stuff would disrupt the flight. Um, so yeah, that's, that's I guess that's what I'm looking for is like a weather table with a little meat on it. I don't know if you guys have anything like that. If you do, let me know. Um, if there's like a zine out there that's got one or uh, like an old module or something. I think I based the one I have, I think, on the table from an old Al-Qadim module i don't remember which is either a module or one of the the source books uh, but it was just like you know today is hot and then you roll again it might be okay the next day is like a little more hot and a little more dry but uh you know again it doesn't have any like substance like i don't know what to do with that information i, I can make it up on the fly but i want you know 
the whole point of the table is to take away that kind of you know you I won't have to devote as many processes to that kind of stuff um yeah i guess just let me know if you guys have something or can point me in the direction of where to look um so i can refine my weather tables also let me know about your weather is it hot is it cold is it raining is it what's it like where you're at I've been, uh, I guess we could talk about games now, right? Let's talk about the games we're playing. I've been looking back into Into the Odd. Um, I've run the game before a few times as like one shots and, you know, like small four session campaigns. But uh, I want to do something more with it, I think. Give it another try. Um, and I don't even know, really know why. I don't know what draws me to it. Um, I guess, you know, how simple it is. It's easy to teach, easy to play. Um, so I've been looking at that, and I have Keep on the Borderlands on the shelf, and uh, I've been reading that before I go to bed each night. So I might do some... Take take Keep on the Borderlands and, you know, mix it up, change it up a bit, and see what I can get with Into the Odd. Um, I know that people that want to play it um, in my friend group, mostly play 5th edition. So I'm also thinking about that when we come to Into the Odd, and we've talked about the game before, and they're interested, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, I've got a lot of ideas kind of running through the head right now. I've, um, found, you know, there's like a ton of blogs out there that talk about Into the Odd and changes they've made. I don't want to make too many changes. Um, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to change the setting. I don't know if I want to use like the implied setting within Into the Odd. Um, not that I don't like it. I just think for the game I want to run and what my players want to experience, I don't think it's the right fit. So uh, probably go something a little more, I don't know, like fairy tale, dark fairy tale. And I don't know if that's from, you know, what I've been reading. I've been reading, uh, obviously I read the one book we talked about earlier, uh, Secondhand curses, so that's probably influencing me. But also, uh, I, I've been reading the Dolmenwood stuff, and so I'll probably pull a bit of that in. Um, some somewhere between, like a little darker than Dolmenwood. Dolmenwood has a lot of like whimsy about it, and I like that. Um, it also has like you know a bit of dark stuff in there. So we'll we'll probably do something like that. Drop in some Dolmenwood and to keep it on Borderlands, and then run it, filter it through into the odd, and see what we get. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do, what do you guys, you know, I've played a ton of Keep on the Borderlands. Um, I guess that was probably, let's see, a uh, friend of mine, Eric. So my uncle Paul uh, invited me to a game one time, and it was BX, Keep on the Borderlands, like a West Marches game that Eric was running, Hoffman. And that's what really got me into the OSR, I think. Um, I don't. It's been so long. I don't really remember much. You know, at home we would play like old D and D, DCC, and we played uh, like basic D and D. I remember, but um, yeah, I think that's what really got me. Like in the online presence, anyway, what really got me to the OSR. So uh, it's always got like a special place for me as like a a beginner to this uh, a beginning to this journey of. You know, it's led me to meet a lot of cool people and play a lot of cool games. So I want to uh, 
take in, put a little twist on it, and see what we can get out of it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any... If, well, if you've played Keep on the Borderlands, let me know what you think about it. And then if you've run it, and you know there's changes you've made to it, let me also know. Um, or if there's anyone out there who's like a hack of Keep on the Borderlands, let me know. Um, you know, it's one of those like quintessential modules that everyone, you know, they either really like it or you don't like it because you think it's too basic or it's already been done enough, right? But um, yeah, just let me know. Let me know what you think. Um, the other thing I'm doing is I'm running this campaign called Wasted Lands. It's like an open table BX game. Um, I'm using the map from TSR's Divine Right and just dropping adventures in there. Um, yeah, I just play on Discord for that. We don't use any virtual tabletop at all. In fact, I, I haven't used a virtual tabletop in so long. I canceled my Roll20 subscription the other day. I haven't logged into it in about six months. So, um, cancel my subscription. I'm going to keep my account, um, you know, in case I need to play with somebody who wants to use it. But yeah, we're just... Um, I, I let the players roll their own dice in the Wasted Lands. Everyone manages their own character sheet, whichever way they see fit, whether it's drawn on a piece of paper or stored digitally somewhere. Um, yeah, it's been good so far. Uh, we've had a lot of cool adventures. I started... It was like... Uh, it came out of... Um, I know everyone's talking about this recently, but Rayotis is uh, Gygax 75. So I started doing that on my own like last year. And this is what came out of it. I didn't finish it, uh, but I got enough. You know, I did the dungeon, and I did more than he suggested. I think I did six or seven levels for this starter dungeon. Um, and, of course, the players did, like, you know, the first level and a half, and then decided they want to go explore the rest of the world. So I opened it up, and it became, like, a hex crawl. And, um, I just, yeah, it's been fun. It's been cool. I, uh, I think it's really liberating not having to rely on a virtual tabletop and just describe everything. Well, it's made me better at um, description, which is nice. Um, and then, yeah, it frees, like all, all of the time I would normally spend like prepping a game in a virtual tabletop, I've just devoted to actually running the game. Um, and then also that time is used for prepping other things. Um, yeah, it's been nice. It's like really, I don't know. I guess stress free for me, right? There's not a lot of, I don't have to do a lot to get the game up and running. Um, and it's nice, you know, it's like pseudo West marches. I don't really have that much of a player base. There's three or four people who show up to the two sessions a week that I run. I would like to get more people, but I also, you know, I only run two sessions a week. So if I have too many people in there, it would be like, you know, too much demand and not enough opportunity to play. So we'll see. I may open up another day. Um, if you guys are interested in playing Wasted Lands, it's BX, open table. I have a, just a few house rules. Um, I've added a few classes to BX. I made a Berserker um, based on uh, what I read from the Broken Sword when I read that a few years ago. And then uh, just looking at the Berserker monster quote monster in bx um so i took that and a few quotes from the broken sword and came up with a berserker class and then i also have using the uh because i'm reading the dying earth i'm using the vivimancer gavin norman's complete vivimancer from uh 
Yeah, where did I get that? Drive through RPG, I think. So we're using that. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that you know the main inspiration for that was uh, I was reading Dying Earth. I was watching Thunder the Barbarian and He Man and Masters of the Universe. And I just wanted something that felt like those kind of Saturday morning cartoons. It's not you know it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's you know completely open table. So I wanted people to like be able to come if they wanted or if they didn't show up, no hard feelings. Um, you know, it's like exactly like Saturday morning cartoons. You either get up and watch them, or you stay in bed and sleep, or you do something else. You know, it's they're there if you want it, and if you don't want it, it's, they're also still there. So, um, yeah, that's been pretty fun. I run on Wednesdays and Saturday morning, so Wednesday evening and Saturday morning, and we just use Discord for uh, for communication, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's enough about that. If you want to hear more, let me know, and I'll talk about it a bit. Uh, I don't feel like gushing about the setting right now. I will say, um, I did I did make a conscious decision to put everything that I've worked on, that I've made for myself in this setting somewhere. Um, I have a lot of, like, you know, like, like everyone, right? When you're running games, you come up with stuff, and then you never get to use it. So I just took everything that I had and dumped it in here. And if the players start heading that way, I'll start developing it more. Um, but it's helped me, like, I guess having the focus of just one, like, setting or one, quote, world, um, having some place to put it is helping me, like, finish things instead of just getting them halfway and then dropping it. Um, yeah. So I guess that's enough about that. What are you playing? If you guys want to talk about your games, uh, give me a call and let me know. Tell me what you're playing and why I should be playing it. All right. All right, this will probably be the last thing we talk about on this episode today. Uh, we're getting at like the 20-minute mark. I think we're just over the 20-minute mark. Um, you know, I don't want to keep these under 30 minutes, so. Um, I've been playing this video game called Sea of Thieves lately. There was a, a kind of a big update that was put out, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and I've been, me and my friends have been playing it. And it's, um, I think, so it's a pirate game. Um, you, you, you play as a pirate and you get in a boat and sail around. It's open world. Uh, and you know, there's like, I don't know how to describe it. You do pirate things, right? There's, um, you can sail around the ocean looking for treasure, sunken ships, or, you know, there's a bunch of islands you can stop at and start looking around for treasure there. There's forts and other players in the world. So they're also pirates and also have their ship. And the more people you have in your group, the bigger your ship is. And there's, you know, resource management. You have to have food. Um, you have to maintain your ship. So if you get you know, get in a fight and get damaged, you have to repair your ship with, like, planks of wood. I don't know. It's cool. If you want to learn more, you should look it up. Um, but I think this game takes uh, heavily from D&D and the way that it's set up. It is, um, if you were going to run a an ocean or, like, a nautical West Marches game, this is, like, the perfect example of how that could be done um and i think i know it it takes its influence from DD or at least tabletop games and they just released some like in character uh, your character emotes that have a full set of uh gaming dice and when you when you use the emote then you know rolls the dice you get a random number on the dice and you can just look at it and show it um yeah anyway 
Um, but yeah, it's very D and D. I think um, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, you should definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, it's fun to get on and fart around. You know, you could you could spend thirty minutes and sail around and get into some trouble and you know try and get some treasure and get back home before you got to log off and sell your treasure. So it is like uh, it is the West marches as a video game set in a pirate world. Um, yeah, you you get a crew, you sail out, get the treasure, and get home. Um, and it doesn't always work out. There's a lot of good random encounters. Like the last time I played, we had a bunch of treasure, and we were sailing back to the little pirate island to try and sell it off. And uh, on the way back, we got ambushed by the Kraken. And so we had to fight the Kraken, and that was hard. Um, and a bunch of us died. Um, and then we just were wrapping up the Kraken, and another group of uh, players came by and started killing the Kraken with us. Um, and it turns out they were also not very friendly, so they decided to fire upon our ship. Uh, so we had, like, our ship was taking on water, we're fighting this Kraken, and these other players, and then the wind is changing, so you're having to, like, retack the sails to catch the wind. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I think there's a lot of stuff you can steal from it to put into your games. Uh, the Random Encounters is a big one. Um, I think... The way other parties could interact with your with your groups, right? That's a big one in that game, um, and it's like a constant threat, a constant worry, because you don't know how they're going to react, right? Um, I would definitely steal that. And I'm going to work on that a little more. I, I use NPC parties in my games all the time, but I think I'm going to make them more prevalent, um, just to keep everyone on their toes. Uh, make you know, give my games a little more sense of urgency, right? Because if the players don't get to whatever treasure well it's not going to just stay there waiting for them other you know other people that's the other thing it's like when i'm you know like this is a little bit of a secret but sometimes when i get bored or lonely i just like roll up a bx party and play the game by myself i they grab like a random dungeon and just run through it by myself or whatever but um you know i might start doing that with the wasted lands game and start you know taking treasure from players you know if they're not able to you know if they leave something behind i'll you know, they see if a party goes in there and gets it um yeah so i don't know i think there's a lot you know uh, if you play video games um you know there's a lot of stuff i think you could steal from them and put into your games and um you know there's a lot of games that draw direct influence from tabletop games that you know take a cool spin on something and you could take it right back and put it back in your game so um yeah i guess you should always be looking for inspiration right and it just so happens over the past few weeks, this is where I've been getting some of mine is figuring out how I can take things from this pirate game and put it into my game, which, you know, the Wastelands is not a pirate game at all. There's uh, a little bit of ocean, but no one's been to it yet. So um, how you can use that stuff and, and change it to fit into your game. So, um, okay, I think we're at like the 25 minute mark total for this episode. So we're going to wrap it up here. Um, yeah, if you guys have any suggestions like i said at the top i don't know what i want to do with this podcast that you know i i tend to ramble about random crap and um you know by the time i hit publish i already forgot what i said right so if there's something specific you guys want to hear about let me know um i really want to get more involved with the community and listen to the other shows and and react to what other people are saying um 
and you know give suggestions and that kind of stuff uh for other people to listen to so yeah i guess just let me know if you want to hear something uh specific let me know uh another thing i don't know if i will talk about or want to talk about is like uh, my journey through taking care of my body uh, becoming more healthy you know everyone these days uh, especially since covid started happening everyone is concerned with health and staying healthy and getting healthy and like most people involved in this hobby um, you know i'm a bit overweight i'm not as active as i should be um, especially since i you know i got covid uh, like a year ago basically dropped all of the physical i was doing jujitsu i was really into weightlifting i dropped all of that and you know become very unhealthy since um so i don't know if you guys will want to hear about that you know what i'm doing to fix that we can talk about it you know we can go through this together i know a lot of people out there uh in the anchorite community are are concerned with themselves getting healthy and you know i think you know having someone to talk with it about and you know helping us helping everyone stay accountable um, by having this little group could be nice. So um, anyway, uh, I guess let me know. And um, if you guys want to talk about it or want to hear about what I'm doing to um, to better myself physically and mentally, and um, yeah, let me know. All right. Um, damn, I forgot my own little outro tagline. Uh, oh, yeah, in case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Well, folks, thanks for listening. You can find me on Discord and MeWe. Music on this show is by Lobo Loco. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.